Well, this evening I have the privilege of leading us into uh, parent and child dedication. We do this uh, every few months in a way that we can dedicate our children to the Lord. And many of you are prepared to do this. This service comes to us from the Old Testament. The Bible tells us that a lady by the name of Hannah prayed to the Lord, Lord, if you will give me a baby, if you'll give me a child, I, I will dedicate him. So she, she, re, she gave birth to a son. His name was Samuel, First and Second Samuel in the Old Testament. Those books are named after this child. She took him to the temple and dedicated him to the Lord. And here's what she said. He is lent to the Lord all the days of his life. And that's our biblical Bible direction for what we do. And many of you are going to come forward in just a moment, and you're going to stand in this altar to dedicate yourself and your children to the Lord. In a moment, I'm going to call you forward, or actually my wife, well, she'll come out here. And you, when you come, we're going to ask you to come and stand facing the audience, facing the congregation. Then at a certain moment, I'll ask you to turn around, and we'll go into the dedication moment. But before we do, I always like to bring... Uh, 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 an instruction to us as parents, grandparents, as family members concerning our responsibility as parents. And you're here as parents to say we are committing to raise our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Do you know when you buy something, be it milk, bread, uh, canned goods, when you go to the grocery store and you buy something, there is typically on that item something called an expiration date an expiration date. And sometimes it will say, best used by, best used by. Just today, Denise handed me some uh, pecans, and she says, here, eat these. And it said on it, best used by April 2016. <laughs> I don't know how long those pecans have been in her purse. But I, I decided to not to not consume those. I mean, you know, uh, they, they may be all right. I, I, I don't know. I just am going to pass that by. Let me say, parents, every one of us, parents, you're here to, to dedicate your children. There is an invisible label on your children. There is an invisible label on your child. And it says perishable. Every one of our children, there, there is a moment in which you've got to seize it. There is a time in which you must do your best for them and by them. And it's going to be so critical. There is one verse of Scripture that I want to share with you. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the chapter we endearingly call the love chapter in the Bible. What a great chapter to talk about uh, dedicating ourselves and our children to the Lord. The love chapter. He, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The last verse of that chapter, verse number 13, gives us a profound insight on what's really important in life. And it says there, Now these three things remain. What are they? Of all things, of all things, everything up is going to perish. And what's the three preservatives? What's the three things that will remain? And the scripture goes on to say, here they are. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these, you already know where I'm going, is love. Faith, hope, and love. These three things remain. Let me unpack those three ingredients for a moment. 
First, I would like to say of faith. Faith will give you, parents, faith gives us strength for the journey. Whether your child is a few months old or, or maybe it's a toddler right now and you're looking down the road, faith gives you strength for the journey. And we as parents are going to need <clears throat> strength for the journey. I'm not talking about just physical strength. And yes, you're going to do that. A parent told me the other day, they had a baby and they're just in the, for, you know, the baby's not sleeping all night long. And they were talking about it the other day. And they said, you know, we're just so tired. And I said, just, that's right. It gets better in 20 years. It's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. You're going to need, you're going to need, you're going to need faith, strength for the journey. And there's going to come a time your child, that beautiful little darling, is going to turn 13. <laughs> Adolescent, the teenage years. And here's what I say. Every parent goes through the seven-year tribulation from 13 to 20. That is the seven-year tribulation. And every parent goes through the seven-year tribulation. Uh, CNN Money Magazine just recently report, this is not good news, but I'm going to tell you, you need faith, strength for the journey. What does it cost you in order to raise a child to 18? Oh, get ready for this. Get ready for this. $233,610 to age 18. But it gets worse. It doesn't stop at age 18, I will tell you. Anyone have children over 18? The costs do not stop. Would you say amen to that? Wouldn't it be nice if it stopped at age 18? I told my daughter here uh, a few years ago, I said, they passed legislation in Congress. She, her eyes opened up. I said, what it is? They have said, and I gave her a recent birthday, at that age, kids have to pay their parents back. <laughs> I have yet to get my check, Okay. There's going to be challenging times. It's going to demand so much of us. And we need faith because faith gives us strength for the journey. You and I are going to need that. So parents, latch on to faith. We're saying, dads, be a man of faith. Be a father of faith. Be a husband of faith. Be a mother of faith. Be a family of faith. You will need faith, strength for the journey. Number two is hope. Hope brightens the journey hope brightens the journey hope is the is the planning of the vacations hope is the dreaming hoping you can get a lake cow sometime and hope that you can uh take that grand vacation it's the hope of you have hope that your your child will be healthy and then you had hope that they'll that they'll grow up and be strong and successful all those dreams that's hope and you're going to need that hope you're hoping they meet the right person and they have success in life every mistake you make you're saying i hope my children don't make that same mistake hope hope brightens the journey that we have and and i want to encourage us don't get caught in so much duty. Yeah, well, bedtime is this and this and this. And so regiment your life. You need to have times of enjoying your family. Enjoying your family. Can I say something? Let me just tell you. This, this, I, I love, I love the Hispanic culture. 
Because what I discovered is Hispanic people celebrate everything. <laughs> I, 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 they celebrate everything. I mean, uh, you go to every cousin's birthday, right? When, when, I, when I go to Peter Piper's Pizza, uh, can I tell you, four tables, the length of this auditorium, it's all one family. Well, they celebrate. Familia, family is so valuable. I, I, I've actually told God, God, I should have been Hispanic. Uh, I, I feel like inside that's where I belong. I love that. They, they just enjoy. You Hispanic people, you love family. You, you, you have a way of enjoying life. Do that. Let me encourage everyone in here. Eat cake every day. <laughs> because somewhere it's somebody's birthday. Right? Right? I mean it. Have hope. Yeah. Brighten. Hope brightens the journey. And thirdly, uh, we need to love. Faith, hope, and love. Love where, where faith strengths, gives us strength for the journey and, and hope brightens the journey. Love makes the journey worthwhile. Love makes the journey of life worthwhile. I mean, think about it. Having kids. If you've had your, if this is your first child, can I tell you, it's going to be great. It's, it's going to be great. You get to hear some of the corniest jokes when they get in elementary school. And then they're going to think that you don't get the, you don't get the punchline. Do you get it, Papa? Do you get it, Mom? Do you get it, Dad? Uh, you know, all those jokes. Isn't it great? Now, the thing is, I still tell those jokes and my, my family roll their eyes at me over it. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? What, why? Why doesn't the pony sing? Because he's too hoarse. I like that joke. Okay? I like that joke. What happens when an alligator puts on, what does he become when he puts on a vest? He becomes an investigator. Have you ever had your kids say, do you get it? Investigator. Yeah, yeah, I laugh. Denise rolls her eyes at me. But I love that. Enjoy it. Love makes the journey worthwhile. And God gave us three ingredients. As parents, you're going to need strength. Keep, keep your eyes, keep your heart brightened for the journey. But love is going to make the journey worthwhile. While. Now, let me unpack it for you parents just a little bit more. Do you know that psychologists have done studies? Yes. A gentleman by the name of Eric Erickson did a famed study. If you study psychology, you have studied Eric Erickson's eight stages of psychosocial development. I mean, it is a brilliant study. Takes from birth all the way to your senior years, there are eight stages you go through. And do you know that psychologists have actually identified the age that you learn faith, hope, and love? Do you know there's actually a stage in life, a stage in your child's development where they receive that and they're able to understand that, yes. Let me, let me just share it with you. These three qualities right out of Scripture. First, hope. Do you know hope 
is learned from birth to age four. By age four, a child learns hope. You see, it's, it's from when they're an infant to a toddler to even four-year-old. It's, it's when you leave them and they cry and you walk out. But the moment you walk in, guess what? They're hoping to see you again. And when you walk in the door and they are great, they're celebrating you, that, that is hope coming into them. They are, when you walk away and they're crying, that breaks your heart as parents. But parents, you know what you do? They're hoping you return. And when you come back after the time you've got a babysitter or the daycare or whatever the case or putting them in church, guess what you've taught them? Hope. I always come back. And their hopes, they're looking forward to that, that sense of expectation. And hope is really this sense of imagination. You see, in that time of imagination, have you ever noticed that we always refer to imagination is typically in that age, the imagination of a four-year-old? Have you ever noticed that's the age you typically characterize imagination is in the four? Because imagination is giving them hope. It's teaching them hope. My granddaughter, when the grandkids come over, they often watch cartoon movies. And here recently, my granddaughter came over and she was watching uh, for the, I don't know, 100th or 500th time. I don't know. Frozen. Yes. Yes. I have sung that song and I've heard that song sung so many times. Uh, wow. And, and I was there, and I don't know how many times she's watching, and I'm watching my granddaughter, and she gets on. She knows the storyline. She knows how it ends. She's on the edge of her seat, and right in the middle of it, she's talking to, to Anna and, is it Ariel? Ariel. Ariel. Elsa. No, Elsa's one of the sisters in Cinderella. Right? Right? No? Is that unscriptural? I don't. She's talking, and she's, she's talking to her, don't do it, don't do it. And when the wolves are gone, she's talking to it. She's seen it all over. But in that moment, she's drawn in, and her imagination, and she's hoping that Anna doesn't see that guy that's lying to her and doesn't get deceived. She's whole. You can just see that. It's written all over. She is experiencing and living out the characteristic of hope. And by age four, hope is learned. It's four. And let me just say, parents, that's, that's one of the benefits of putting your kids in kids' ministry and in the nursery. You say, but I hate to see them cry. But guess what? When you come back, when you come back, ah, hope comes. You're teaching them to hope you return. And they've got to learn that by age four. The second one is faith. Faith. When do you learn faith? You learn faith between age five and age 12. Isn't that interesting? You have to learn faith between five and 12. Faith Faith is when your kids say, I want to try it. I want to do it. Have you ever noticed there's an age about number but beyond four, they say, I'll do it. No, I want to do it. You can't, you can't help them with anything. They just want to do it. They want to try it. 
If they see it, you'll, you, you can almost see in your eye, they're about to jump off something. They're just going to, they're going to take it on. It's in this age when they watch cartoons, here's what you'll say, I'm Superman, or you are this, and I, they, they begin to role play. They go into it, and they, they begin to put action. They begin to live out. They begin to live out what they're, they're learning. They, 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 they express it personally. They don't just watch a movie. They'll tell you who they are in the movie. I am so-and-so in this movie. Papa, mama, I'm this. Daddy, I am this. I'm going to be. And they'll tell you who they are in it. That is, that's, they are activating. They are expressing. And do you know the word faith in the English is one of the most unfortunate words we have in the English. Because in the Bible, faith is a verb. It's a verb. But we don't have a word in the English that says faith in. We don't have that. So it's always read as faith. And it always feels like faith is this static, neutral thing. It's not. The New Testament, when faith is given in the original language, it's a verb. It's action. The other, you can be loving, you can be hoping, but when it comes to faith, we, we never say, I am faithing. We don't have that word in the English, but the Bible it is. And see, it's in age 5 to 12, to 12 they, the kids begin to act out and go in character and learn things. And it's in that age, in that age, they need to ground their faith. Studies have, done, have been done on adults that serve God, who are in church serving the Lord, who are lifelong believers for Jesus. 83% of adults that love God attend church, lifelong followers of Jesus, 83% of them came to faith in Jesus between age 5 and age 12. Isn't that interesting? Because that's the age where faith is caught faith happens in their life. Can I just say, parents, if you got, if you got kids, teenagers, and you got kids, and you're not, you're not bringing them to church, and you're not getting them connected in church, I'm not talking in church and swatting them and telling them to be quiet while the pastor is preaching. They're not in an age-appropriate level. Do you know you're going to miss this important category of their life? Because studies have also been done on people Adults that have come to faith in Christ after age 12. Do you know what the number goes down to? Of everybody in a church that serves Jesus Christ, lifelong followers of Jesus, the percent of people that came to Christ after age 12 is 6%. One year, you go down from 83% to 6%. Parents, there is something, an expiration date written on your child's life and their heart, and you've got to seize it at that critical moment and that critical time. You've got to connect them at the right time. And then there, the last, and that is love. You, you learn hope by age four. Five to 12, you learn faith. But love, love is learned age 18 to about 30. You see, it's, you, can, you can say before then, I love my parents, I love my parents, but 
Really, it's a, it's a, it's a taking relationship. It's a taking. You feel safe and secure with your parents. But the ability to really effectively actualize love, real deep love, starts at about 18 through 30. Because at that age, not only can you receive safety and security from somebody, you express it in sacrificial devotion back to them. It's at age 18 and beyond that you pull away from groups and peers and you begin to individualize and you begin to say, I love this one, I like that one, but I love this one. And you feel depth of emotion closer to some than you do others. And the experience and the sacrificial devotion goes so deep. That is what the Bible calls love. And that depth is experienced and that characteristic is experienced about age 18 through 30. So let me wrap this up if I can. Let me pull all this together. Do you know what we're also told? We know when, when hope, faith, and love are learned. Psychologists can identify it. But we also know from studies somebody can get stuck, can get, excuse me, can get stuck in one stage. Yes. Yes. You can have hope, but you didn't learn faith. And now Later in life, you're, you're in the where you should be learning and experiencing love, but you miss faith. This is the person that sometimes kids not, cannot express. They didn't, they didn't get activated to the deeper sense of love. And for them, love is infatuation. There's not the depth of the faith component. And for them, it's shallow. Or the person that didn't learn hope learn faith, and perhaps now is choosing a spouse and uh, practicing love and expressing love, but they didn't have hope. And what they find is, what they find is, they will say, you know what? I'm doing all the right things. Faith. I go to church. They'll tell you about their faith. I go to church all the time. I met somebody, but guess what? I feel so hopeless. We'll trace that all the way back somewhere between Birth and age four, you didn't learn hope. There was, a, there was a hole in your life that you didn't learn it. Or, or you have hope, you have faith, you leave the church, but you never find God's love, and you just go and find it in society, and then it's just transactional. I'll love you as long as you do for me, but when you don't do for me, then guess what? I check out of here, and they don't have the sacrificial love, sacrificial devotion. And the Scripture says, these, these three things remain. If you learn them at the right stage, they will take you all the way in life, and then as an adult, you are whole, you're complete. You have hope, you have faith, and you have love. And then Scripture says the greatest of all of these is love. Wow. Pretty profound, isn't it? Scripture is pretty profound. 
And that's what God wants for every one of us. And that's what I invite you as parents, as parents, to dedicate yourself to. Faith, hope, and love. I want to talk to the dads a minute. Don't talk to the dads a minute. Dads, how easy it is for the whole family to get ready to church and everybody has to ask dad, dad, are you going? I'm asking every dad in here to make a commitment that it will be your voice Sunday waking the family up and saying, get ready, we're going to the house of the Lord. It will be dad's voice praying over the evening meal. It will be dad's voice that says, turn that off. We don't talk that way in this home. No, you can't. Let it be dad's voice. Let it be the father's voice that brings direction, support, safety, and security to the home. Dads, let's be the spiritual leader in the home. And I challenge you to dedicate yourself to that end this evening. So with that in mind, I'm going to invite Denise to come forward. And she's going to read the names of all of the parents and the, excuse me, the children. And when she reads the name of the children, I'm going to invite the parents or guardian to come and stand here. As you do, please uh, face the audience. And then I'll come back and invite you to turn around. And I'll take you into this dedication moment. And, And if you would, please start in the center. Start in the center and work out. Please, Denise. We have 37 children tonight to dedicate to the Lord. Isn't that awesome? The parents of those children that are here tonight have made a decision, and they're making a statement tonight. I'm going to give my child back to the Lord. They're following that biblical example of Hannah that my husband talked about earlier, to give that child back to the Lord. And they're saying, Lord, have your way in his life, in her life. Lord, I give them back to you. Accomplish your purpose in their life. Every one of those kids have a purpose that God created for that specific child before they were ever conceived. God has a purpose for your child tonight. And by giving them to the Lord, dedicating them to the Lord tonight, you're saying, God, do what you want to do in their life and have your way. We give them back to you. Parents, I commend you for the decision and the statement that you're making tonight in giving your kids back to the Lord. Let's, let's start with the first one is Cheyenne Broughton and Dallas Broughton. Mm. <laughs> Isaiah Aaron Busby Tapia and Uriah Matias Busby Tapia. Noah Abel Cesares. Mila Amaya de Jesus. Mason Jacks Divine. Daphne Deanne Duran and Roland F. Duran III. Christopher Brian Griffin, Jr. Joseph Gillen, Isla Gonzalez, and Ares Gonzalez. (laughs) 
Artie A. Hernandez and Luke E. Hernandez. Lily Martinez. Nisi Rain Monclova. Levi Muniz. Evie Pearl Olivas. Diego Daniel Paras. Alba Elisa Perez. Javen C. Ramos and June Rose Ramos. Joel Abias Rios. Nicholas William Rios. Ezekiel Ray Rivera. Olivia Page Rivera. Noah Ryder Rodriguez. Aliyah Ann Segovia. Christopher E. Smith II and Kyla H. Smith. Jasmine Marie Solis, Landon James Solis, and Timothy David Solis. Emma Carmen Rose Trejo. Jaliana Walker. And Nova Ray Zalapa. God bless you. Parents, if you would, guardians, please turn around if you don't mind and face me. First off, when you came, you received this card. Uh, this card, as soon as the uh, dedication moment is over, if you will go out and turn to the left, uh, down to our children's registration area. This card, there's a place that you can take family photos together, but we uh, want you to also exchange that. We have a Bible for your child, and it's age appropriate for the younger ones and uh, the older children as well. And there is a Bible app that downloads with this that complements this. So we want you to, we have a Bible to place in your hand for your children. Uh, uh, it perhaps is the child's first Bible. We just want to remind ourselves that God's Word is the foundation that everything is upon. Moreover, there will be a dedication certificate we're giving you to remember this moment by. And additionally, there are two other things. Uh, there is a letter uh, and an envelope that is sealed for your child. This envelope is addressed and the letter is addressed to your child. And I want you to tuck it away and on their 13th birthday, I want you to retrieve this and I want you to give it to them. And on their 13th birthday, I have a letter written to them and it tells them on this night, their parents stood with them at an altar 
gave them to the Lord and prayed a prayer of dedication over them. And it's a challenge for them as they step into young adulthood to follow God and serve God. And I remind them of the verse that I read over them. And that verse is Psalm 139:16. And here's what the Bible says of your child. Your child's days are all numbered, written in God's book. Every day they live is written in God's book before one of them came to pass. That every child here has divine purpose. And I remind your child with that letter. So if you'll tuck it away, and at the appropriate moment, I want them to know you stood here at the altar. Additionally, I give this to parents at every dedication service. There is a handkerchief, a man's handkerchief. I have had on this handkerchief monogram that verse, Psalms 139.16, to remind you your child's days are numbered, written in his book. Why a handkerchief? Because there's going to be a day in which your heart is going to be broken and there's going to be tears in your eyes. And your child as a young adult or as an adolescent may not follow all of your values at that time. And your heart may hurt for them. And this is to remind you and a place that you can dry your tears that God has a promise for your child, for your son, for your daughter, and God's not gonna give up on it. I have pastored long enough, I've had parents come up and have shown me this five, six, 10 years later, and I've noticed that the handkerchief is yellow stained with their tears and they've carried it in their Bible and they've told me, I have clung to this and this handkerchief is my promise of God and it is stained with my tears and I'm holding on for my son and daughter to serve the Lord and to walk with God. I give this to you to hold on to as God's promise. You'll receive all of these items when you go down with this card in just a moment. But it's now my privilege to lead you in a dedication prayer. At this altar, mothers and fathers, guardians, you may even be a stepdad or a stepmother. If you are, I want to thank you for stepping in. You're important. You're important, and thank you for stepping in. You have a place in this family. And I'm going to ask you to commit yourself to raise these children in the fear and then the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So would you join me? And I'm going to invite the audience to stand together with me. Audience, would you stretch out your hand to these parents right now? And parents, would you hold your children together? If they're a little fidgety, that's all right, okay? They're just being kids right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I gather with these parents at this altar we have been challenged to raise our children in the knowledge of the Lord. And these parents have selected this night to stand before God in an altar and commit themselves first as a couple to serve God, to let God's Word, Scripture, be their guide, to live by its precepts, to live by its guidelines, 
to let the commands and the directions of the Lord be a light to their path. There's sometimes, God, we don't know what to do, but your word teaches us everything necessary for life and godliness. And I pray these parents will live by that. I pray, God, you'll strengthen them when they know what to do and when they don't know what to do. You'll walk with them and help them and encourage them. Don't let them be separated. Don't let life and issues and responsibilities ever pull them apart. God, guard their marriage, guard their home, guard their family, protect their home. God, if that marriage is strong and godly, it just multiplies the opportunity for success in their child's life. And now, as they have committed themselves to the Lord, we now commit these children to the Lord. All of these sons and daughters, we now give them to the Lord. As Scripture directs, they are lent to the Lord. In the house of God, we give them. In the house of God, we determine, Lord, they belong to you. We ask at an early age, may they come to know Christ as Savior. May they be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have a purpose for them, and let, may they early on discover that purpose and walk in those ways and walk in those steps. God, grant that. Watch over them. And God, nurture that home. Let them not just have a, a Christian ceremony, but God, let them have a Christian marriage and a Christian family and commit together to serve the Lord all the days of their life. And I ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. And in his name I pray, amen. Amen. Amen.